Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Clowder from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. A reading from Exodus. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hands of the Lord in the land of Egypt. Then we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you. And each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way I will test them, whether they will follow my instruction or not. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, Draw near to the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the Israelites, they looked toward the wilderness, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening, quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine, flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is this? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A gospel reading from the sixth chapter of John. Please stand as you are able. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were beside the sea, They themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him the God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the word of the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Good morning. 
Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Wake up. I'm on three cups of coffee. Uh, Justin Grimm, Director for Evangelical Mission, Assistant to Bishop Patricia Lowell uh, in the St. Paul Area Synod. I bring you greetings today on behalf of Bishop Lowell and the other 109 congregations and mission starts which make up the church, the synod here in this area. I've been in this role for over six years now and I've really come to learn and to love uh, the power of being church together. And, and in that vein, I want to say thank you to, uh, to you at Faith here uh, for the way you support the work of the wider church through your mission support, as well as uh, through some special gifts that you've made into some of our local mission efforts as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, you share your pastors uh, with the wider church. Uh, Steve was just up helping out today and, and continues to do that as we need that, so thank you for that. And John's John, and you know, you have to put up with him on behalf of the rest of the church. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. I know it takes a lot of work. I don't want you to feel left out. I did take a selfie in the first service so I can show the bishop where I've been. She doesn't believe that I work. And uh, I want to, all right. I don't know. There must be something up here. You guys are all in the back. So look bigger and uh, happier. Uh, yeah, right there, John. Come on. Come on. Come back, John. I can't uh, smile. Say Jesus. All right, all right. Great. Yeah, I was giving John a hard time earlier. I used to be up here like every two months. It was, it was like my church where I, I was here more than my own church. And then he quit inviting me. So I don't know what I did or what I said, but I am, I am humbly asking your forgiveness. And here we go. How about we pray? Holy God, we give you thanks that you come to us. Lord Jesus, in your glory, that you come to us, Lord Jesus, through the body of Christ that we are called to be a part of. We thank you for the way that you continue to feed us as the bread of life that eternally fills us. We thank you for the gift of being community together. And in these days, in these weeks, in these months of, of pandemic and wildfire and so much else going on in a divided world, Lord, we We long for your spirit of peace and promise and hope. And I pray, Lord, that this day in this place, through community, we can feel your presence, we can see your face in one another, the body of Christ, and that you would meet us wherever we are. And remind us that we are yours. Quiet our hearts, quiet our minds, help us to be present in your presence. We pray this in your holy name. Let the church together say amen. Dear siblings in Christ, grace to you and peace from God the Creator and our risen Lord and Savior Jesus who is the Christ who invites us to the other side and fills us. Amen. You can say amen, John. Come on, help me out. All right. My voice is gone from the first service. You're going to have to help me a little bit. All right. Any of you familiar with the Twilight books or the Twilight movie? Anybody? Raise your hand if you have been. It's okay to admit it. All right. Uh, my wife and my daughter and I have been binge-watching the movies. I hadn't, I'd stayed away from The Temptation when they came out in 2009, 2010. But now I'm a huge fan. I can't get enough. For those of you that don't know, these are books or movies that are based on books uh, that, that look at the lives of vampires and werewolves, and teenage love drama. I mean, does it get any better than that? And of course, that makes me think about Jesus, right? 
I mean, stay with me. My brain's a little wild, but so this week we were in the midst of, I don't know, the second or the third movie, and, and as we were watching it, there was this, this part of the movie when all of a sudden my brain leapt ahead to the gospel reading for today. See, vampires, werewolves, Jesus. Stay with me. So, so the vampire family, the Cullen family, I won't ruin the movie for you at all, but the Cullen family, um, they were all huddled in their home, and, and they were getting weaker by the minute because there was this threat, uh, danger. They, they could have possibly been killed by werewolves and other things. So they, they were huddled in their home. And, and repeatedly there was some lines about how they were so weak and they, they couldn't stand for battle because they, were, you know, they, they weren't able to get their source of life, which is, come on, vampires, what do they eat? Blood, but don't worry, they're good vampires. They don't eat humans, so you're safe. They hunt animals, all right? So they were, they were so locked inside their own home that they weren't able to go out and, and, and hunt and be fed that they were withering away, literally weak, uh, becoming weaker and weaker by the minutes. And it was in that that I started to think about the gospel for today. We can come back to our real life and to Jesus. Now, I want you to hold on to that image That image of getting weaker by the moment because you're not truly filled with the source of life, which for us isn't necessarily blood, but is the power of Christ. Hold on to that idea of being filled and fulfilled. Hold on to that image of when you've been most filled and when you've been most empty. Think about that as we work through our our gospel this morning as we talk about what God is up to in this place. I I believe if I ask the question, what fills you? The answer, because you're in church on a Sunday morning, is probably going to be what? Somebody shout it out. Jesus! It's not a trick question. It's, It's children's sermon 101. There was a pastor that gave a sermon, and he's like, it's fuzzy, it has a tail, it eats nuts, it climbs tree, what is it? And one of the kids says, it has to be Jesus, because the answer is always Jesus. It was a squirrel. It was a squirrel. But back to that question, if I was to ask you, really, because it's church and you expect, you have to say, the answer is Jesus, you'd probably say, well, Jesus fills me, right? I mean, we believe that. We, we confess that, we we experience that. I mean, that's, that's our faith. But I want you to really look at your heart, your soul, your spirit this morning. Where do you find fulfillment? Where, where do you get filled when life is crumbling around you? Where do you find hope and strength to move on? I would like to say for me, it's always Jesus. I end up on my knees and I pray to God and God delivers me and I find hope. I, I, I want to say that, but you know what? It's, it's not always true for me. A lot of times I turn to other things and to other places and, and look for other ways to move forward. I think in a lot of ways the temptation for us as the people of God is to be like the crowd in the gospel, which we just heard beautifully read a moment ago. The crowd who had just seen Jesus feed the 5,000, who had just heard about Jesus walking on water, they're like, we want more signs. 
What are you going to do for us? Show us your divine. How do we know that you're really the God that people are saying you are? And I think for us, too, when life happens, we want more. We long for the big miracle. We long for the cancer to be cured and for the disease to go away and for the addiction to vanish. We long for Christ to move mountains. And a lot of times, we feel disillusioned. We want more. Now, now here's the deal. Jesus Christ is the bread of life, amen? I mean, we believe it, we say it, and, and while it's true, I think we want more than those statements, but let's stay in that state for, statement for a minute. Jesus says, I am the bread of life, and if you come to me and eat of me, you will forever be filled and never go hungry or thirsty again. Amen. That's good news. That's great news, but, but I think sometimes... We get so caught up in everything spinning around us that we miss the Christ in front of us. We miss the way that Jesus is giving us the bread right in front of us through each other, through a meal, as Deacon Nina shared in the prayer lab, that, that, that gift of God's presence through, through people taking care of you. We miss the little ways that Jesus shows up again and again because, because we're so caught up in our own world and we long maybe for something bigger. Which Now, I'm not saying we don't, you know, we don't see the big things and I'm not saying that there's not bad things in the world which make it hard to believe. I'm not saying that at all, but I do believe that even in the hard moments when life is out of control, when we're in our own house like the vampire family, but it's a house of oppression and scarcity and fear and addiction and illness and we're, we're locked up inside of ourselves. We can't possibly be fed on the bread of life because we're just, we're just trapped in all of this stuff. Even there, church, Christ is present. Christ shows up. You know that. You've seen that. I think in times I've been here before, I've asked you to testify by raising your hands, you know, big, bold things, that you believe in Jesus, that you felt Christ. Yes, Jesus continues to show up, but sometimes we just need to take a deep breath and pause and experience the promise of God. Sometimes we just need to slow down and allow people to care for us and to ask for help. Sometimes we just need to step back and experience the living Christ in a new way. Sometimes we got to go to the other side, through it, out the doors through the illness, through all this stuff to experience Christ in a new way that breathes hope into us. The other side. Let's think about that for a moment. If you remember in the gospel, the crowd is looking for Jesus because they want more signs. They want to look for, for what he's up to and they can't find him. So they get in their boats and they go to the other side of the sea and the gospel says they went to the other side where they found Jesus. The other side. Think about that for a minute. You know, I just said, and I believe, that Christ is present here. Amen? 
Yeah, and I, I believe, and I think you believe too, that Christ is present in our lives. Yeah, okay, amen. But sometimes we, we try to fill ourselves with different things that bring fulfillment. Sometimes we, we, we fall into the trap of consumerism or whatever it is that we think is going to give us life. And if we just had more of that or some of that, I, I'll be fine. But inevitably those things fail, at least for me. And we continue to go back to them instead of going back to Christ, who might be right in front of us or so far pushed outside of our life that we really need to work to get to the other side where we find Christ. So church, I want to invite you, challenge you this day, these weeks ahead, these these months ahead, every single day of your earthly life, I want to invite you and challenge you to dig in and to go to the other side in your faith. To work through all of the things that are going on in front of you so that you can experience Christ anew who's always, always been there. If you believe that, if you believe that Christ is there and you've experienced it for your life, guess what? You've got work to do. And if you don't quite feel that today, or you're not sure where God is and you just want some kind of proof that Christ hasn't abandoned you, I pray, I hope, I challenge you, the rest of you, to show Christ to that person who's wandering and wondering. See, that's what it means to be the body of Christ. It's in your vision statement. It's part of your vision. It says we're going to be the body of Christ. Well, you know what it means to be the body of Christ? It means to carry each other. It means to pick up the ones that are struggling It also means that if you're one that's struggling, that you have the boldness to ask for help, to seek out the community that loves you, and to allow them to show you the bread of life that will feed you. That's your call. And it sounds good on a vision, but how do you live it out? Also, dear church, I'm going to invite you, a lot of invitation happening today, it's like Christmas, I'm going to invite you to fully engage in a process of vitality that your leadership is starting to be part of over the last month, two months. It's a process that you at Faith will be doing along with five other congregations in the St. Paul Area Synod with our renewal team. It's a process of vitality that will look deeply at who you are and how you are living out your mission, led by the Spirit to share God's grace. How is that lining up with the world? So what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks and months is you're going to be invited to participate in some conversation, some, maybe a survey, some fun things like that, and you're going to be invited to have honest God conversations You're not going to be interrogated. You're going to be invited to share where God's connecting in your life. You're going to be invited to wonder with your leadership, how is the mission of faith lining up really in the world? How are we positioned to further the love of Christ coming to be known in this world? And where maybe do we need to tweak some things? 
How do we become more agile as the body of Christ to respond and react and to bring people to know the source of life and to help people break out of their homes where they are trapped by their own stuff? That's your call. Dear friends in Christ, this is holy work. This is exciting work. It is so, so, so exciting to engage in these conversations. So I pray that you take the invitation seriously, that you open your hearts to each other, that you carry one another's burdens, and that you let the Holy Spirit break loose in this place so that anew you can go into the world to show people Jesus. Back to you for just a minute, individually. Jesus Christ loves you, amen? And that gift of God's love through Christ for you is the best thing in the world. Nothing will change that love. It's also the calling to make sure everybody you encounter knows that love too. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, that's it for this week's sermon. Thank you for joining us. Look for more information on faithfl.org or certainly reach out to the office if you would like to receive weekly email updates. Thank you.